0: Eight months ago, I hired the first director of marketing for Growth Tools, and one of the first things he did was create a best fit client profile that uh, I spent a couple weeks on, maybe a month or so on. Uh, and he found who our best clients were, what they looked like, and clearly defined it on a piece of paper so that we could then tailor all emails, ads, everything we did to attract more of those kind of people. And these are the people who buy the quickest, say, things like I'd pay 10 times as much as you asked. Uh, They refer their friends They never complain and they see results. Uh, So we wanted to get clear on exactly who that person was. Uh, So in this episode, I actually interviewed Drew, our director of marketing, and he talks through the entire thought process and the step-by-step of exactly how to do this. So enjoy. You recently made a best fit client profile for us. I think we've called that Couple of different things, um, but a best fit client. I kind of like the wording because it makes it obvious what it is, and it kind of introduces a new paradigm that I didn't have before. Who is our best fit people? Let's go find more of them. Let's advertise to those people. So, why did you make that?
1: Yeah, um, well, the reason I made this one specifically was we were struggling with um, sort of our messaging positioning. Uh, lower quality leads booking with us, um, so in order to get the right message to them, we had to figure out who they were and what they were struggling with, um, to see like how they how they view growth tools as a solution. Um, so that was really the, I guess lead quality was the sort of the impetus behind the the whole project. Uh, that makes
0: sense. So what has what did you do once you had it? Like, what were you able to do like very specifically in your marketing function as a result of having that document?
1: Yeah. Oh, it influenced everything really. (laughs) Um, from emails to ads, I mean, all the way down the funnel. Um, but it is a really like time consuming process, which is usually what keeps people from doing it is like it takes too long. It's, It's like, what's the ROI on this? Like, how are we going to know if it actually moves the needle? Um, <clears throat> but as we've seen, our booking to SQL rate has gone up um, as a result of some of the stuff we've been doing. So how much has it gone up and what does booking to SQL even mean? <laughs> so we have people that book, obviously we have Q2 at 1700 people that booked the call 324 of those turned into SQLs, which is basically our sales team getting on a call and screening them uh, for a variety of different reasons. So the people that make it through are sales qualified leads or SQLs. So the goal was to raise our our booking, total number of bookings to SQLs, raise that rate. And it started at like 14%, I believe. Um, Last quarter it was up to almost 20%. um, that had to do with a variety of factors. We changed a question, a couple questions on our application, which um, helped a lot, but also like we just dialed in more to who our best customer was, what they're making, what they're struggling with. And we were able to change our positioning, our messaging to, to like fit the
0: problem more. Did the best fit client profile that you made inform the application by application, I mean the the form people fill out to to talk to the sales team if they're interested in hiring us to be their coach. So, did that best fit cl- uh, best fit client profile inform those answers that were tweaked and changed?
1: Yes, it did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was kind of the foundation for for all of those changes. Yeah, um, because what we found was that we kind of had a suspicion that course creators and coaches were our kind of ideal customer Mm -hmm. but we were able to confirm that through all this research that course creators, coaches, service businesses are the three that we we really appeal to and solve real problems for. Uh, There's other like fringe SaaS and some e-commerce and stuff that we work with but we dialed our messaging into those three um, and saw a significant jump in bookings and SQLs as a result and the questions that we, we changed on the application, we were able to make it feel less like we were desperate. <laughs> it's like, because we weren't, um, but made it feel like, hey, like, pitch yourself to us, tell us why we should work with you, because it, the truth is, we can only work with a certain amount of clients per month uh, based on our staff, so. Yeah.
0: What was the economic impact of the things you changed in Q2 from that best-fit client profile, do you have a rough idea of how much revenue that generated, or how much it will generate over the next year?
1: Uh, yeah, the booking to SQL rate. What did we estimate? It was over a year, about a half a million dollars, if the SQL rate stays at at that difference, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, so the leap, the like three
0: hundred and fifty a quarter or something, if I remember right. Yeah, it could, it could be. Right. Case studies mixed up of things we did last quarter because we did a bunch of crap. But I yeah. think it was like three hundred thousand dollars of revenue increase, like in Q two. And if you extrapolate that over the course of a year times four, you're talking about one point five, one point two million dollars. So, um, yeah, you, you might be more. It might be more in the five hundred range, but it was a decent amount. Like from making the best fit client profile, using it to inform our emails, ads, and application, find that to just on the application
1: piece bump revenue up quite a bit. Yep, and I'll take the one point five number. That seems better. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay. Uh, Who is, you mentioned a few parameters of who our best fit client is, but give me a little bit more information about who our best fit client, like what does a best fit fit client profile look like?
1: What are all the parameters in it? Yeah, um, really, when you're creating a best fit client profile, you want to figure out But first, you want to figure out what information do you need to use. So what I look at is always targeting, like audience targeting, and uh, messaging slash positioning. So when I'm going through asking people demographics like uh, age, gender, married, not married, number of kids, revenue, that's all stuff that I can target on social media platforms and really dial in my audience. But also from the messaging Standpoint, I can ask them questions that are going to give me like the the true problem that they're dealing with in their business, um, some of the emotions that they're feeling as a result of that, and really dial the messaging into hitting on all of those uh, those factors. So you start with that, and then you kind of craft your answers or your questions around producing those those types of answers. Um, I can kind of go through kind of what we did. For our survey, um, and this is really important. A lot of people miss this. Is a lot of people will try to find their best fit client, but listen to the wrong customers, and that can lead you down like a really weird <laughs> path and really confusing path. So, the way that we segment our best customers is a simple question, which is, "How disappointed would you be if Growth University, in this case, was no longer available?" Three options: very disappointed somewhat disappointed, not disappointed. You only listen to the people who say very disappointed, um, which was actually a really good number for us. I think it was over 50%, um, Mm -hmm. which is actually a really good indicator of product market fit as well. Um, So that's another thing you can can grab out of this. But only listen to that group of people, because those are the best customers. Those are the ones that have the answers that you're looking for. Um, And you kind of want to just create a, with your questions, a before and after picture. Like here was your life before Growth University. Here's what you were struggling with. Here's what you were looking for. And then now, here's what you can do that you couldn't do before. Here's how you feel about it. Um, so that's that's kind of what you're trying to do is paint that before and after picture.
0: Okay, so let's get really specific. Somebody's listening to this and they're literally just gonna do what we say to make their best fit client profile. Mm-hmm. step one is make a survey. Yep. Send that survey to every client you have. Yep. So, so Step one, make survey. I got lots of questions just about that step, but we'll come back to that. Make survey step two, send it to all clients. I guess active clients. If you have, you know, coaching or something like that, where you'd have people that bought previously, but aren't active anymore. Send to all clients or active clients. Um, pay attention to everyone that uh said they would be very disappointed to their answers Mm -hmm. don't pay attention to other people's answers that tells us the people i think this is a methodology that heaton and sean ellis kind of perfected or or made popular was the very disappointed question so people that say they'd be very disappointed we can pay attention to them and what they really say Um, and then from that we want to actually write the best fit client profile. Is that the high level step? So make the survey, send it out, look at the answers to people that said very disappointed and then write the actual profile, which will come out to like a one to two page document. And we'll include a link to that in the notes for this. you can see an example of one completed. Am I missing a big step, a big rock in there?
1: Or are those are the four main steps? Yeah, the big step after the survey would be the parsing. Um, that's, that's what takes the longest is the parsing in order to create that best fit client profile. I mean, instead of pay attention to the
0: best fit client, study the results of the best fit client. Okay. So let's walk through each of these four. So the four I have is, we may refine some verbiage here, but make the survey, send it to all clients, study the results of the best fit people. And then from that, actually write your profile. Is that right? Okay. So make the survey. What are questions I always need to make sure are on my survey? Like what are some like, like what's on our survey? Or what would be applicable for anybody, no matter whether they're teaching business owners or they're, um, you know, selling a SaaS product that helps people project manage or they're a yoga instructor or they teach people how to play the piano. Like all of those have best fit clients. And so maybe it'd be good for the sake of this conversation to say a best fit client, the, the picture you want to imagine for them are people that say things like when they buy, I would have paid way more than that. They never refund. They never complain. They tell people about it. They send referrals in. Like they genuinely love you. And if you could focus yep. all of your marketing efforts on just finding more of them versus all the people that complain or refund or have problems with it, well, you'd rather, rather all things being equal have the best fit people. So the goal is to make this profile so you're vividly clear on who they are so you can tweak your marketing and sales to get more of them. So that's kind of the, the end point. So yep. we get to start with sending a survey out to our existing clients get them to tell us some information so we can study that to identify the best fit people and ignore the people that aren't best fit people. And then write that one or two pages so that we can in every piece of marketing, we do every ad, we write an email, we create a blog post, we generate or um, sales call we have can like really focus on that person and their language and their doubts and their problems. Is that accurate?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, so the questions that you want to focus on yep. first it's, it starts with, the problem that's number one you always have to have a figure out the problem question which for for us was when did you realize you needed a coaching program like growth university what was going on in your world that caused you to start looking for a coach Are
0: there's two separate questions
1: this is one question okay so the question one would be let's let's fill in
0: the blank with when did you realize you needed to take piano lessons or when did you realize you needed to hire a personal trainer when did you realize you needed to buy the product that solved X problem.
1: <laughs> right. Yep, exactly. Um, and that really, that question reveals a couple things. One, like it's going to give you some insight into their business, like what they're actually trying to solve. But also it gives you insight into like where they are sort of like emotionally. For us, we our number one uh, emotion before Growth University was overwhelm. I was overwhelmed, like trying to grow my business on my own didn't know where to turn next. So that's all stuff that you can feed into on the marketing side and um, all of your messaging and your content. So you have to know the problem. Um, and then you have to know their ideal solution. So they have something in their head that they're thinking, man, if I had this, mm. that would be it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so the way you find that is a question like, um, why did you decide to choose us over the other options? Can you recall if anything in particular appealed or stood out to you? So it's it's not a competitive analysis. What it is is you're trying to figure out what they most value in a program like yours, which is their ideal uh, solution. Yeah. And then so, thirdly, so, couple go ahead. questions. Couple questions. We got we got next
0: Number one actually is how disappointed would you be if this product fill in the blank wasn't available anymore? And that's multiple choice, not disappointed at all, somewhat disappointed, very disappointed. The only answers we care about from any of the other answers are what do the very disappointed people say? So the other questions asked in the survey are when did you first realize that you needed to fill in the blank, hire a marketing coach? When did you first realize you needed to hire a piano instructor? When did you first realize you needed to, would you insert, Higher A or buy A, or is it more focused on solve the problem?
1: Yeah, it really, the second part of that question is the most important, okay. which is what was going on in your world that caused you to start looking for a piano teacher or a personal trainer. Um, that really, I think like having them both in there uh, rounds out the question and like enough to get you the right problem
0: maybe the, there's really kind of two questions, but we're just lumping into one to give them a little more detail on. So maybe it is, when did you realize you needed to solve the problem? So that might be, when did you realize you needed to um, get unstuck and have a clear marketing plan? What was going on in your world that caused you to start looking for a marketing coach? Yep. That's all kind of the same question, but just like throw it all together in the same thing and they can free form answer it however they interpret it. Is that maybe the direction?
1: Yeah, and most of these are like two-part questions. And the reason for that is like, obviously sending someone like 10 questions in a survey is going to get much yeah. <laughs> less response than a five question survey.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. That makes sense. So that's question two. Question three is why did you decide to choose us over the other options? Do you recall anything in particular in your life that stood out? Like that's pretty universal. You don't even have to tailor that one much at all
1: yeah. for business, different business types. Yeah.
0: Okay. And what the what, what other is, questions? Okay. Oh,
1: so number four would be, so we have, their problem, their ideal solution. And then thirdly, we want to figure out um, how we've made their life better. Um, The way that we do that is now that you have coaching, or now that you have this personal trainer, what's the number one thing you're able to do now that you weren't able to do before? And that's like the better life statement, um, which is the, we can go through this later, but the kind of the three components of jobs to be done or why people hire you is the problem, ideal solution, and the better life. So
0: put a pin in that for a second. Part of the best fit client profile is going to be a jobs to be done statement. Let me read ours real quick so people listening can have an idea of what that endpoint is like. Uh, Crap, thought I had to pull it up. Stand by. All right, here it is. This is our number one, bullet point one of our best fit client profile. And again, links in show notes if you want to go watch it or go read it. Why is our, why our best clients hire us, AKA our jobs to be done statement. And this is what the quote says. When I'm overwhelmed and don't know what to focus on to grow my business, I want a personalized step-by-step plan from someone I trust so that I can move forward with confidence that I'm on the right path. Um, so the overwhelmed and don't know what to focus on to grow my business, that's filled in the blank item number one. <laughs> and that is maps back to that first question. The a personalized step-by-step plan to, from someone I trust maps back to the second question and can move forward with confidence that I'm on the right path, maps back to the third question. Is that a correct understanding? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so number one thing you want to create in your best fit client profile is, a, is to clearly define why people hire you, why people buy your product. So the first three okay. questions on the survey create, a job to be done statement or an answer to that question in a quote form that uh, allows you to clearly define that. And there's other parts of a best fit client profile, but part number one is why, why people pay you money? Why do they do that? What is the result? What is their life like? What is the thing they want? And what's the end result of that? And these three survey questions will help you tease that out and figure that out.
1: Yep, exactly. Okay. So those are like the core of the survey. uh, Those three questions, but I like to add a couple more just because (laughs) we have them and we don't want to send them tons of emails with surveys. Um, So the next questions are one would be this is, this one's mainly to steal copy from your best customers um, with their permission, (laughs) which is how would you explain X product to a friend? How would you explain growth university to a friend? Um, We got some really cool stuff. It's really like, it's cool to see how your best customers describe you um, and oftentimes like it's something that you really haven't hasn't gone through your brain because you've been trying to do it from a marketing perspective and they're doing it from a customer perspective um, so there's some really powerful uh, copy in that yeah. what's something you got out of that for us yeah i was going to actually look at those responses real quick so yeah. those were really cool uh, let me find it
0: hey, this is one thing in uh, Heaton. you can just google Heaton and shaw sean ellis best or product market fit and find a pretty, some couple different detailed articles on this, but one of their basic philosophies is out of that, the answer to that question. And the question is how would you explain this product to your friends? Your H one of your homepage should probably be the most common answer to that or the, the kind of, conglomeration of the answers to that because that's what your best people say about your product. So make it the number one thing people see. It'll repel the non-best fit people and bring in more of the best fit people. So again, it doesn't have to be the H1 on homepage, but that could be used as a subject line of email, your number one, welcome email, your Facebook ad, like that's some pretty gold copy. So did you pull up that any? Yeah.
1: yeah. So th- the cool thing about these is a lot of them will map back to your jobs to be done statement. So a lot of it can, um, it can kind of confirm that you're on the right track with why people hire you here's an example this was one of our clients wrote it's a coaching program that helps you bring in more clients by giving you focus clarity and a roadmap to get you wherever you want to go in your business so you can see like that goes back to it's a really good I was overwhelmed <laughs> it's a really good description yeah yeah I was not clear on my business and yeah. I trust you to get where you want where, where wow. you say you'll get um, which is really cool. Here's another one. A team of experienced coaches that really want to get <laughs> things done and make things happen in your business. Yeah. That was a bleep. Um, people have been where you want to go and they will make sure you take the steps to get there. That was a huge thing that we found in this customer discovery process was people trusted you. That was the number one thing on of why they had hired us. It was like, I've been getting Brian's emails for seven and he knows what he's talking about like I trust him to make a marketing plan for me Um, so it's really cool really cool to see like all of that um, in in these answers and we'll use all of this stuff when we redesign website when we you know uh, write emails we'll use all this copy
0: where this is a in the weeds question but do we have those answered linked up in this best fit client profile document in Basecamp? we got the emotions for why they join. Oh, how we just, how would you describe it to a friend? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. It's linked yeah. up there. Okay, cool. So if you're in that link, you can click the number eight under best fit client demographics and you can go to the Google doc where drew compiled all of those answers there and read those and get an example for at least what that's like for us. Cool. Yeah. And this though, it's interesting how powerful using, your best client's language to attract more people like them can be. Cause like when you speak someone's language, you say something that's already in someone's head. It's just incredibly persuasive and powerful. And and it's just phrasing. It's not like you didn't know the words to say, but you didn't know to say them in that order and in that style with that framing of it. So that's cool. Okay. So let's zoom back out. Let's go back to our, how we're making this. So we got five questions so far. What else in addition to how would you explain this product to your friends? What comes after that?
1: just one more, which is, um, what brought you to us? Like, how'd you hear about us? Essentially just say we're informational gathering, like <laughs> where, where, where are people hanging out? Where are they finding out about us? And what do you do with that? Um, it kind of helps you like double down on some stuff. Like, I think the, some of the results that we got were, um, A lot of people heard about us on Facebook or like a webinar sometimes like it'll inform partnership decisions. Like I heard about you from X person who runs this blog and we had no idea that they like backlinked us, but now we can go and reach out to them. Um, so it just gives you like Intel basically on, um, campaigns you could possibly run. Okay. That makes sense. So step one, make the survey. That's what's
0: contained in the survey. Step two, send it to clients. That should be pretty easy. Just email it to all current clients. might even be smart to set that up as an automated thing at 30 days, 90 days after people buy just to automatically send them that. So you're getting fresh intel all the time. Step three is study the results of your best fit clients. That's the people who said they would be very disappointed. So what does that, is that just making a list of the answers to the various questions or what does, what does study the results look like?
1: Yeah, this is the, um, the most time consuming part because what you wanna do, here's what I do. <laughs> I take all the questions out of type form or wherever, throw them in a spreadsheet. Um, I make one column with the answer or the question and then the answer and then add a blank column in between every question. The reason for that is what I want to do is i want to go through all these responses for each question and I want to try to come up with three to four categories that they fall into. Um, so as an example, like, let me, let me look real quick at the categories I came up with for us. So, yeah, there were four categories I came up for our first question, which was the problem question. When did you realize? Let me say were-
0: that question just so people can track tracking. I'm looking at an outline and it makes sense to me. But the first question is when did you realize you needed to um, get unstuck and have confidence in your marketing plan? What was going on in your world that caused you to start looking for a hiring for a marketing coach? Something like that was our question. Okay. So you got 50 answers to that question. You put them in a spreadsheet. Column a was the answer. This is all question for the question. This is all question one, which is that question here's are all the answers to them. And you just try to codify the types of answers into like a summarized version or something. Right. So like what
1: were the summarized versions of the 50 answers to ours? Yeah, I came up with four categories for this one. Um, number one was didn't have direction slash lacked clarity. Okay. Uh, number two was not growing fast enough. Number three was outgrown my own ability. And number four was needed accountability. So the reason you categorize them is because you can throw them in a chart and then all of, those, all of a sudden you see that 50% of people, our best customers are joining because they don't have any direction and they lack clarity. So like when you're coming up with the problem statement and in, in your messaging, like you know that's the number one thing that you can hit on. Mm-hmm. And then you can use the other stuff like outgrown my own ability, if it comes in second, you can use that as sort of a su- supporting yeah. uh,
0: messaging that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay.
1: You you do that for each question. Um, so like, as an example, (laughs) the four categories for the second question, which is, um, why they chose us over, over their other options. 50% was trusted Brian. Um, 30% was because it was custom personalized marketing plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, 13% was one-on-one coaching. 10% was the social proof client results that we share. Um, so again, really interesting stuff. And what it's told me is that people want to learn from someone who's done it before, um, which is where that comes into play in our jobs to be done statement. Yeah. Okay. Walk through question number three, the third part of the jobs to be done statement. Yeah. So this question is the better life. What what can you do now that you couldn't do before? Um, 44% said that some version of now I have a clear path. I know what, what step to take next. That was the number one thing. I can, uh, and then 30% was I can move forward with confidence. And you hear that in the jobs to be done statement. Those are pretty similar categories. Um, 14% said I can find e- easily find partnerships, which was interesting. Uh, 7% said I can find accountability. And 3% said I can actually launch. So obviously, so you found the number one category,
0: you you lump lump them into groups, chart them, see which one's the most popular. And that's basically wordsmith a little bit. And that fills out your first item in your best fit client profile, which is your why our client, why our best customers hire us, AKA the jobs to be done statement. Ours reads when I'm overwhelmed and don't know what to focus on to grow my business. That's one. I want a personalized step-by-step plan from someone I trust third part so that I trust so that I can move forward with confidence that I'm on the right path. So that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I get, I can clearly see how making a job to be done statement works. That's one part of the best fit client profile. So the other pieces in this client profile is a best fit client persona, which is pretty cool. Like it gives a pretty vivid picture. And just total side note, me and Jeanette were going over this earlier. And she is like the best fit client to a T. Like you could literally replace Jeanette <laughs> math teacher with Sarah and design and this profile. And it's like oh, yeah. literally that's her prior to her coming to work here. which is super interesting. But you have, you have some, a lot more, like the jobs have done statement is, is interesting and cool and clarifies, but the best fit client persona paints a picture of a person, which to me feels like way more personal. So, but it has fields here of stuff you didn't ask in that, Survey. So, where? How do you think about this persona? How do you know what, what info? What? How do you know the fields to put here? And where did you get this information from?
1: Yeah, we were really lucky because we ask new clients. We have new clients fill out like a really extensive onboarding uh, questionnaire. Right. So, like there were gold mines of stuff, (laughs) demographic stuff, how much money they're making, how many kids they have, their age, all that stuff. Um, so if you don't have that, you could incorporate that into your survey. Um, the three the things I would focus on in terms of demographics are age, gender, married, not married, and revenue, um, because those are the those are the things you can actually target in advertising. So pa- pause there on revenue. That revenue for us,
0: since we're te- we're coaching businesses how to improve their marketing, means business revenue. But if you're a yoga teacher, piano teachers or sell a iPod case covers or something um, or AirPod case covers like you're not revenue isn't really a thing. Would that be like personal income or are we talking about something else in those cases?
1: Uh, It could be personal income. That that could be something you just leave off. I mean, depending on the business that you run Um, and a lot of this stuff too, if you don't feel comfortable asking this stuff, you can get from GA Google analytics um, on just who's, Who's visiting your site? You can get the breakdown of all this stuff. So here is our. I'm going to read
0: our best fit client persona. This is a little lengthy, but maybe people will get the idea here. Uh, and go go to the doc, and you can read along with this. So the name you called her Sarah Coursemaker because we found out over 50% of our clients, 31 are female of the best fit clients that we profiled, 31 are female, 23 are male. So a per- little over 50% were female. So Sarah Coursemaker, uh, age 39, marital status married with two kids, five and seven. Employment status. Left her full-time graphic design job two years ago for her side gig, teaching other designers how to use a particular design program. Revenue, her business is doing $50,000 to $60,000 a year, but she's working all the time. She's doing some one-on-one coaching to bring in more revenue. Dream, to put her course on autopilot with the right plan so that she has a consistent, evergreen source of income. Then she'll have the financial freedom she wants and more time with her family. What's holding her back? She's great at design, but not great at marketing. She's stuck, overwhelmed, and even if she could come up with her own marketing plan, she wouldn't trust it. The help she wants, someone who has successfully done what she is trying to do to show her the way, tell her what to do next, what she needs, a clear step-by-step plan that's customized to her business that she can feel confident in. So I can I can see a, a mix a little bit of our onboarding survey information and the and the, um, Best Fit Client survey. Like there's kind of a mix of data here. Is there any like I see age, I see, I see range or I see age, marital status, family situation, business revenue, which is pretty specific to us. I wouldn't be applicable to all business types. Is there any, but then there's like, what's holding you back, the help you want, what she needs. Is there any like permanent questions you would have on here, a way that we could help other people know how to either have a second part to their best fit client survey. Like maybe you could use a form like paper form or something that saves responses real time. So if they didn't finish, you still got it. So part one is like get the important questions answered. Part two is like demographic kind of stuff, but there's more than demographics in this persona. There's like, what's your dream? And we don't really ask them that question in the best fit client survey. We ask that a variation of that question in our onboarding survey, but I'm almost imagining for most people that don't have the amount, we probably have top 1% data on every client because they're paying us a lot of money and they're filling out a, like hundred questions survey when they start. So we have like lots and lots of stuff on that, but 99% of businesses don't. Um, So if you're able to email and ask the the best fit client questions, like part one, we've already gone over, like what are some other types of questions maybe all businesses would want to ask or questions to ask themselves to pull out those? Do you, any any ideas on that?
1: Yeah. Well, first I think that um, the questions that we went over in the survey should be enough to write a really compelling persona. Because the reason the persona comes last after the job's to be done statement and all the parsing work that you've done is like you should get a really good feel for like, I can create this person, (laughs) this Mm -hmm. fictional person, and I know what they're struggling with. I know like what they're looking for and I know what the better life that they want. Um, That should be enough for you to to like create a, a person who you're marketing to. Um, if it's not enough, then like either the parsing isn't uh, completely, I guess, comprehensive enough or you haven't asked the, the right questions.
0: Yeah, because um, like with us, maybe one way I would try to sum that up is we have different types of people that hire us, different product types, different phase of business. Some people have zero revenue, some people have a million dollars I did last year. And I didn't have a great sense of what the breakdowns were of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We happen to have the data. We could go and look. We just had not done it. But we could also ask it in the survey. Like if there are, if you feel like you have multiple types of people in the persona section of this Best Fit Client survey, if you don't already have the data, just ask the questions to figure out who they are. So for us, that would be product type. For you, it might be, do you use an iPhone or an Android? It might be, are you learning to play the piano because you want to teach your grandson? Like what's the purpose of using the product? What problem are you specifically solving? Which I guess we're asking that question prior, but um, may, if there are unique attributes where you're not crystal clear on who your best fit client would be, or you feel like you're making a big assumption, just ask the clarifying questions amongst that persona section, like age, gender, marital status. For us, yeah. it might be, what type of product are you selling? Is it a course, a coaching program, a consulting contract, a SaaS product, a book? cause that's a pretty big one for us. Like we named the persona Sarah Coursemaker. If we didn't know the product type, like maybe we would know when they talked about why they hired us, but maybe we wouldn't have that as granularly as we wanted. We'd have it for half the people, but not the other half or something. So that, that would be a question. I feel like if we didn't have that onboarding data, we'd really want to ask that specific question to know it for everyone. So that that's going to be hyper-customized based on the business you're doing it for, but persona data if you're not crystal clear and just know of some areas where there would be multiple problems, they would solve or, or subtypes of that or whatever. Like, ask the question overtly there so you can know it for sure and yeah. chart it really easily.
1: One good question for for SaaS specifically, and this could be e-commerce, mean anything, is job title. Like, that's always something like you're searching for in marketing. Is like, what do these people do? Yeah, because um, that's another targeting thing as well as you can target people by their job titles.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, that'd be a good one for us. I don't think we collect that anywhere right now. Yeah, <laughs> mostly it's entrepreneurs, but we definitely have CMOs and yeah, hires as well. Yeah, yeah we I'm know. looking through some other of the demographic information. These are ours who th- who they are, and we put theme This is like age, um, kids, married, gender stuff. What they sell. This is kind of unique to us, but it's product type. And everybody probably has a variation of that. Business income. Again, that's specific to us. Top reason they sought us out as a solution. Is there a question that we've added in now that would give that? I guess so. Like that yeah. first one, maybe. First one. Yeah. Okay. So next one is top reason they chose us over competitors. There's a question for that. Top things they can do now that they couldn't do before. We have a question on that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, top way they heard about us. There's a question for that. Mm-hmm. Top way how they described our program to a friend. There's a question for that. These last two are really interesting top emotion before joining our program and top emotion after joining our program. Mm -hmm. Are those pulled from those top five questions or are those found elsewhere?
1: Yeah, they are. So, uh, this is something I I do, which I kind of call, i call, um, (laughs) I think it's like a swipeable copy file basically like where you take all of the answers that you pulled out of the the survey and I go through and highlight everything in green because, Green makes me think of emotion and and just pick out all the emotions that they describe. Um, So in the problem question, they're like, for us, they used emotions like fear, overwhelm, stuck, like those, those kinds of things. Um, And then afterwards, they use things like confidence, clarity, um, you know, clear path, like that kind of stuff. So all of, if you go through all the parsing docs that I did, there's going to be tons of (laughs) green stuff. For uh, afterwards, and then tons of yellow stuff for before, and I just make a list of all of those emotions that they're feeling, mm-hmm. and it gives you um, just more more clarity on the before and after picture, especially when you're creating the persona, yeah. um, because if you know those emotions, like it's just easier to create that person. So, in this study, the so we have four steps to make the best fit client document. to
0: zoom out to high level again. Make the survey. We're pretty clear on it. Send it to all clients, we talked about that. Study the results of the best fit clients. Um, One step of studying the results is taking all the questions out of the survey tool, putting them into a spreadsheet based on question, categorizing them, and then rank ordering them based on popularity, the three to four categories for each one, that's clear. That directly parses into jobs to be done statement. Um, Step two maybe is looking at all those answers to parse out emotional words, before emotions, after emotions. And that can all be gained from those five or six stock
1: questions, right? Yep. And I literally just throw those in a Google doc and just highlight all the emotions.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: Um,
0: And from that, just from those two steps, categorization of the main questions, emotional cueing, you could write the first half of this best fit client profile, which is simply, or maybe the whole thing, the best fit client profile is two pieces jazzy be done statement. Why are, why are our best customers hire us? Number two, the persona, the vivid picture of that person, those, all those fields directly uh, map over. Then you have the second part of the best fit client profile, which is the demographics who they are for us. It's who they are, what they sell business income top before and after emotions and a few other things. Those directly pull over from that. Uh, and I guess that's it. Like that's the picture. We put a section on the bottom of ours, just our methodology, which is basically what we're talking over a little bit more in depth here. Uh, so we'll link that at the bottom so people can get to it, but that's good. I, f- Yeah. Um, what was the last step here? We had another step. So write the profile. So basically take all those results and make the job, the why they hired a statement, the persona, and then put the top 10 demographic items down on paper from the emotional parsing and from the categorization of the main answers. Is there any other sorting or digging in you due to those answers that we haven't summed up here?
1: um sometimes I will depending on like the platform that I'm going to advertise on um you could throw in some stuff on where they hang out uh, what they listen to like podcasts stuff like that like as as an example we were talking about this the other day because our persona is course creators uh mainly we're targeting like uh, course course creator certifications or platforms that allow you to Uh, create your course, um, different like influencers in that world that people like. So you can, you could throw a little bit of like interests in there, um, which would, can help you make like some affinity type audiences. Um, Would that
0: be something you'd want to ask in a survey?
1: It could be. Again, you just don't want to make it too long. That's the, that's the thing. Um, Auto saving
0: multi-part survey. That's your solution. There you go. (laughs) Because <laughs> yeah. if it's three part and auto saves and you have their answers to the main questions up front and then they click next and they go to the next one I feel like that if they ever abandon you still have the main information but yeah I, i'm tracking you if you put a hundred questions the moment they open at the chances of submitting it are pretty low um, right. that's good yeah i like that a lot the where they hang out online what blogs they read what twitter accounts they follow what podcasts they listen to uh, right. or whatever that yeah. online hangout areas are i like the idea of like you're kind of maybe one interesting thought exercise in creating this. And you have mentioned this several times is like, what you're trying to do is discover the perfect Facebook ad targeting. <laughs> yeah. um, and you it can is. use that. Obviously it isn't just a Facebook ad mechanism, but like you're trying to paint a vivid
1: picture um, yeah. who that person is. Where I've really used it before um, as well as you can create. So in, in AdWords, you can create custom affinity audiences, which basically allows you to, to retarget anyone who, Hits other people's sites, um, which is kind of crazy that you can do that, <laughs> um, but you can. So, like, if you find out they listen to Joe Rogan and all the time, you know, you can retarget people who listen to his podcast, yeah. or you know, they use this SaaS service. You can retarget everyone that um, I've even I've even helped some companies that um, that have a product that's built on top of another SaaS product.
0: Mm-hmm. Who
1: can retarget those? <laughs> Those uh, customers with the customer fitting audience. So, yeah, cool stuff. That's good.
0: Okay, someone takes all the time to do this. What's the first thing they have a two-page document? They could hand to a day one hire. They could hand to their Facebook ad contractor. They could hand to their copywriter. When they go to write their content email tomorrow or a call to action launch tomorrow or a booking email or whatever it is, they have it in front of them. Like, what's the first thing they should do with it? Like what's an actionable thing almost anyone could do? Let's maybe talk about course creators for a minute since that's our target market. Like a course creator has taken the time. They teach kids how to play piano. They've made a vivid picture of their best fit persona. They're dialed into it. What's the first thing they should do to get the ROI back out of that time they just spent?
1: Yeah. Well, first thing um, internally is we saw a huge jump in like, I don't want to say team morale, but like our coaches got really excited about seeing this. It was like, man, this is awesome. Like, this is what our clients are saying about us. So I wouldn't like, don't keep it in marketing, like share it with the whole team because it, it really does. It really is cool to see what your clients are saying in every department. Um, But secondly, like what we did as an example is we started using course creator in the subject lines immediately of our emails and saw a huge jump in um, our click through rates, our open rates, Bookings, um, so I mean, if you're actively going after that group, call them out. You can use that like immediately. If you're doing Facebook ads, obviously it's going to help your your audience targeting and your messaging in the ads that you create. Yeah. Um, so it depends on the campaign you're running, but like for us, it was like day one, course creators. Uh, heads up, here's here's what we're doing. Um, we saw a big jump from that. So, right now, as we're recording this for the last three weeks, we've been
0: slow. Our mm-hmm. booking SQL rate that jumped in quarter two is down. I don't know what the number is for this quarter yet, but it's definitely down. How can we use the best fit client profile to inform us on what to do to increase, to, to get that back to where we would like it to be?
1: Yeah. I think it's like, um, you know, when things are slow, you try new things. Like, as an example, we're doing a webinar next month. Yeah. Um, if we didn't know our best fit client, it'd probably be really hard for us to hit the mark on the webinar. Mm. Um, if we created like a webinar for e-commerce <laughs> businesses, we probably wouldn't have a lot of attendees. Yeah. Um, so knowing that like when you, when things are slower and you need to pivot to a new campaign or um, whether it's Facebook webinar, whatever, um, you're going to create the right content that is going to uh, resonate with your audience so what's so, a specific idea
0: you have for us like tomorrow to do from this conversation
1: yeah well one i just launched yesterday actually
0: oh the webinar um,
1: <laughs> yeah which is our we took we did a webinar swipe file promotion to our list for black friday right last yeah. year Yeah. before i was here mm-hmm. um so what i did is like bookings are down um for a variety of reasons but um so I took it, I made a Facebook ad, I targeted exactly who we're talking about right now, our best fit clients, um, and put it on Facebook as a free download with a thank you page to book a call. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're spending, you know, we'll spend a little bit on it, we'll ramp it up, see how it does and what our cost for, for booking is. But immediately, knowing the best fit client allows you to, or allowed, allowed me to go and create a campaign that will probably result in mm-hmm. SQLs for us. Yeah. because our main channel is down.
0: yeah.
1: Um, so I couldn't do that. I would have no clue what campaign to run uh, or how to message it or how to target the right audience without this information.
0: Cool. That's really helpful. Any last tips or thoughts you would give someone getting ready to make their first Best Fit Client profile?
1: Yeah. Uh, don't rush. <laughs> like the, the, the tendency is to just get it done because it doesn't feel like it provides a whole lot of value, but it does. Like hopefully you can see as we've been talking, it provides a whole lot of value. Um, so don't rush it, take your time with the parsing. Um, a good tip for me, what I always do, after you've created your, your categories in your parsing, have someone else look at the categories. Um, and the best way to do that is not to show them your categories, but (laughs) give them the spreadsheet with the blank, rows and have them come up with categories and then see how they mesh Um, because a lot of times you'll you'll find things they don't find they'll find things you don't find um, and it really refines uh, those answers Uh,
0: how long should it take you mentioned don't rush
1: what's the how long does it take you to do ours Um, the whole process um, can take I mean, probably a couple of weeks, like you're gonna spend a pretty good amount of time on it. Obviously you gotta have, have some lead time for getting the survey results back and stuff like that. Um, Within a month, by the time
0: you create the survey, send the email, wait for responses, then process all the responses, and then write up your client profile, like probably two to four weeks or something.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good estimate.
0: Yeah, it's good.